And welcome into Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network. Also being simulcast on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page. Today's Gator podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist, the Northeast Florida's leading orthopedic center, providing an unparalleled level of care across numerous locations in both Jacksonville and St. Augustine. That includes Riverside, Northside, the Southside, the Beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. He is Denny Thompson. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. And... Gator Bites is also, Denny, brought to you now by uh, George Moore Chevrolet. Uh, by the way, y'all may see me there this weekend because I may be picking up a Silverado. Ah, are you? I, yeah, I'm up there too much and I just see them too often. And now that's all I see on the road. Do you ever do that? Like you see a car and you're like, oh, that's cool. And you notice there's a million of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's just calling my name. I don't have much self-control. So, Justin, I'll see you soon at George Moore. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. All right. Well, welcome to George Moore Chevrolet to Gator Bites. I humbly beg your forgiveness. My forgiveness? I was wrong last week about the Florida Gators. Oh. You took your shot. You said Florida will beat Tennessee, and I was the negative guy, the glass half-empty guy. I was stunned the way that game turned out on Saturday night. Well, first stunned. off, you never need to ask for my forgiveness because that would imply that I care enough to be mad at well, you. Well, there you go. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, that, no worries. I don't, even, I don't even remember who picked what. But the thing about, like, I think this Tennessee thing to me was this was an offense last year who had some really good players, and they understood the system and – they were able to go fast, right? And until they got to, like, Georgia, nobody really had an answer for that. And then Georgia was just better, and I was at that game, and Georgia just manhandled them, right? Um, but now, like, you kind of know, okay, well, if we can just kind of make sure we don't give them that eight-yard run to start the drive or make sure we don't give them that little free access backside hitch or whatever, they can't go so fast, right? And so I think Heupel is kind of in this, all right, what does this team look like? And he'll figure it out. Like he'll figure they got some good players. He'll figure it out. But Saturday just wasn't that night. And and I it it surprised me too with how well Florida played. Um, I thought they made there were they made the plays they needed to make at big times. Y'all don't get mad at me, but the officials helped. That fourth down whole situation was wild, right? But they took advantage of it, right? It's still fourth and inches or whatever it is. And they were just opportunistic, man, and that's what happens. And and we said a couple weeks ago, you beat Tennessee and all is forgiven with Utah. That's what happened. It's a big win, no question about it. I'll give you a great stat, too. Tennessee started 17 seniors on Saturday night. Do you know how many seniors played one snap for Florida? Not very many. Uh, I'm going to go with, like, seven. Three. 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 Mm. Three seniors played for the Gators Tennessee started 17. So the young Gators, particularly on the lines of scrimmage, it was domination. The Gator D-line versus the Tennessee O-line, and then seeing what Trevor Etienne did, seeing what the Gator running attack did, Tennessee absolutely had no answers. That, to me, was maybe the most surprising thing. In two weeks' time, the Gator O-line went from looking like they did against Utah to dominating a top-15 defensive line. Yeah, I think we can... Listen, we can't say now what this Gator team's going to be. If you if you think seven wins, you probably still think seven wins. I, I have no idea. And the SEC is a scrambled mess anyway. But I think they did show enough on Saturday that kind of made everybody take a deep breath and go, okay, they're not a poorly coached team the way they looked against Utah, right? 
I don't know. Utah probably beats Tennessee. I don't know if there's that much separation in any of the three of them if everybody plays their best game. But they didn't. It just looked like they were supposed to be there. And so now you start talking about young talent. You start talking about the recruiting trail. And you start talking. And I had a couple of, of our quarterbacks were at that game. They said the environment was on fire. Just unbelievable. It's one of the best games I've ever been to in the swamp. You were there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They said it was just everything was perfect. And, uh, and, and so my only point in saying all that is now you start to look at this and you go, okay, they are disciplined. Maybe they are a little bit more disciplined than we thought. And you continue to see that build, and then you stack on that they're young, and you stack on that they got a top five recruiting class and a couple more games like that, you may go in that top three. And get excited about it again, right? Yeah. And it, you, it goes, heck, it goes from like, oh my gosh, have we hired the wrong guy? To okay, wait, wait, we can sit in this for a little while. Yeah, no, look, and you look at the guys that Napier recruited. Look at the true freshmen, Collins and Searcy and Castile and Wilson yeah. and all these guys that are playing and already contributing and contributing in a big way three games in. And that's just the one recruiting class. Then you, like you said, you have another top five recruiting class coming in after it. And you see the formation, you see the foundation of what's being built. And apologies to Graham Mertz for people that were lukewarm on him and, and this, that, and the other. Why are you apologizing to everybody today? Well, no, because because Gator Nation was not happy with Graham Mertz being their starting quarterback. Denny, Hack and I were very negative towards this Gator football team over the summer. So, oh, but no, it's, oh, okay. not, it's not just Graham and I. No, I mean when you talk to Gator fans about Graham Mertz, and quite frankly, some Gator media, if we're going to be honest, myself included, lukewarm would be a nice statement about Graham Mertz coming to Florida. He has far surpassed my expectation three games in. Okay, pump the brakes now. It's game three. I'm not saying he's going to be an All-American, no, no, but no. we were making Graham Mertz out to be this awful quarterback, that, and he's I, certainly yeah, not well, that. He's never been an awful quarterback. like that. I mean, it, it's Florida doesn't want you if you're an awful quarterback, period. If you talk to people at Wisconsin, and I'm sure you do, you talk to people in the Big Ten, yeah, I, I don't, don't they talk, were happy listen, to see him go. Don't talk to people. Well... Like that's that's kind of what we do in the media. Everybody has like a slanted view of everybody in this world. I'm in this world, and it's like you really do have to kind of make, make your own judgment on this stuff because everybody's got a story, right? But here's the thing: is Graham Mertz, who is not going to go anywhere, by the way, right? Like it's not like he's coming out this year. Um, he'll be back. Graham Mertz is that guy that does a lot of things really well. Does he have another year? Yeah, yes. right. Yeah, just the COVID year, I guess. Yeah. Right. He's wow. a redshirt junior. Yeah, I think he's got. Yeah, because he's already started thirty-four games in his but career. But he's that guy that does a lot of things really well. Um, I'm not going to say he doesn't do anything great because it's only three games in. He may like. I actually, you know what? He does a couple of things at a very high level. But his main thing that I think showed Saturday night, he's he's tough as nails. Like that dude got just beaten at times. I love, I just, I, I know it wasn't that big of a deal, but the cut on the hand. I love all the blood. Like, all the blood while you're beating Tennessee at home at mm-hmm. night. Great theater. Great well job well done, Graham Mertz. But I think that kind of gritty performance quickly can cover up some flaws that you may have because people start to really pull for you, right? And that's what this team needs. That's a great trait as a quarterback to have is that, that energy, people want to see me win, especially on fan base, because they know I want this and I love this as much as they do. Like That is an amazing trait Gardner that Benchu I think Gator fans, that. Gardner has it in, in spades. It's like that's the thing that Gator fans need to hold on to, and that's what will make this team fun to watch the rest of the year. The caveat, we're three games in, right? And I think that's always the preference when you're this early. They look like they have something with D coordinator Austin Armstrong. That defense looks just simply different and better. 
Now, maybe it's better players. Maybe it's quantity because there were not a lot of rotation pieces last year with with Tony, whatever you want to describe it as. But this 30-year-old from Southern Miss that came in to be the D coordinator, they did not lose the Utah game because of the defense. That hypo offensive attack that goes up and down the field on everybody like nobody's business didn't do a thing for about three and a half quarters of that game. So I don't know what your assessment of Austin Armstrong is, but mine is that I think Florida might have something with him. Yeah, we're we're like playing good cop, bad cop today because I'm going to go back to it is only game three, but it's game three of his first year at Florida. Now, you don't get that job if you're not insanely talented, and you don't get that job at 30 if you're not a whiz kid, right? Like he, he knows what he's doing. But those other guys are really smart, too. And every week that he lays something new on tape, they're studying. He may be the best thing ever. I'm not saying he's not. And I'm going to take this ride for this year, and I'm going to know that there's going to be games like that, and there's going to be games where there's blown coverages because people are still learning things. And so this year's kind of a blur. But talk to me five games into next year. Let's see how that season starts, and let's see how people have prepared for the Florida Gators with him as a defense coordinator. And if it's still holding like this, then yeah, then you may have the next Kirby Smart, Will Muschamp type thing who they just evolve as the game evolves and they're very heady and instinctful. That's what it looks like. I'm just not kind of like I was talking about Tennessee last week, kind of like I was talking about Hypel. Like I got to see it another year. I, I, I got to see when teams know you what your best is. How do they prepare for it? How do they game plan for it? And does it hold up? You can be good, but the great ones, it holds up every year. You're a step ahead of everybody's preparation. Um, and that's what you hope to see out of 30-year-old. Because if you do, like sky's the limit for that dude. Today's Gator Bites podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist. For the highest quality care, you can rely on Southeast Orthopedic Specialist for any orthopedic injury or concern. You can log on to their website by going to se-ortho.com. And you can listen. For Southeast Orthopedic Specialist, the good doctor, Kevin Murphy, on Thursday mornings in the 7 o'clock hour with Jeff and Dan right here on 1010XL for his weekly analysis of injuries in the world of sports. So you decompress after Tennessee, you're 2-1, and one, and all of a sudden you look at the next four. And I'm not trying to jump too far ahead of the story here, but Charlotte on Saturday, all right, you should win, right? I'm not breaking any news there. At Kentucky. Tough game, Vanderbilt at South Carolina. But Denny, of the next four, if they play like they did against Tennessee, if there's certainly not a game in those four, they cannot win. So let's be ambitious here a little bit. I mean, how do you see the next couple of weeks going for this Florida football team? Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be ambitious about it. I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna take the same approach that I took after the game on Thursday, like that or on on Friday. Dang, Saturday. Yeah. I'm going to get there in a second. Yes. The Utah game was on Thursday, right? It was. That's, yep. I'm just going to wait and see. Like, it is a game by game because just three, four weeks ago, those three of those games were toss up games. Like, oh, yeah, we should be favored against Vandy, but we're not going to be favored against these. I, guys, I, I don't mean to be like, I don't know, boring. But this is a week to week football team. Oh, come on, Danny. Drink the Kool Aid. I'm not. Like, I, I, I didn't drink the negative Kool-Aid. I'm not going to drink the positive Kool-Aid. This is a young football team with a still young staff, and you don't know. They could go to South Carolina. Is that game at South Carolina? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. They could go to South Carolina, and they could blow them out. They could go there and lay an egg. They could play like they did against Tennessee or against Utah. This is like a delicate time for Napier and the staff. 
I mean, I think they even said the practices haven't been great this week. They right? had, he said they're not handling success well, basically, right, right. the first so couple of days. You have to find that. And by the way, I I know what you're doing, Billy. I know what you're doing. It's a week that you know you're going to win. You're setting an example. I like it, though. It's a little like, saving-ish. Yeah, yeah, I like it. But 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 he, there's a lot of truth in that hack. Like, there's a lot of truth. Like, he's got to see how these guys react to a little bit of success because last year's team didn't do well, Right. So now it's week to week to week. You got because the bigger goal for Billy Napier is next year, four years from now, ten years from now. What does he want this program to look like? And he's in the weeds now, just like he was after Utah, and he's he's deciding what that needs to look like and how he needs to get there. This, I mean, look, the goal still to me is keep the twenty four recruiting class intact. But again, I'm not. I was surprised they beat Tennessee. I was shocked in the fashion that they beat Tennessee. Because they beat Tennessee on the lines of scrimmage. Oh, I, yeah. Their O-line and their D-line whipped the Tennessee O-line and the D-line, and I did not expect to see that. And that's how you win in the SEC, on the lines of scrimmage. And if you can whip Tennessee's O-line and D-line, you have every good a shot to do that the same thing to Kentucky and to South Carolina. Having said all that, we buried the lead, and that's Trevor Etienne. I, I like Montreal Johnson, too, but let's give something to Trevor Etienne for a second. That dude's a stud. Trevor Etienne is yeah. a fantastic football no, he, player. I mean, he's an all-around back. That's that's why he's on the field the majority of the time. The dude can do everything. We we got to know him pretty well when we did Anthony's stuff and, and his pro day. And then over the summer, he came in, worked out a couple times, stuff like that. One, he's an amazing young man. But you watch this guy move and you just realize this dude is like, I'm around athletes all the time. This is an elite athlete. Mm-hmm. He moves effortlessly, right? Like it doesn't matter what you make his body do or what he tries to make his body do, it can respond like that. He's got an amazing balance. Um, yeah, man, he's got a bright, bright future. I hate that he's a running back for his future, but he's got a bright future at every level of football. Crazy explosive, crazy powerful, like all of that kind of stuff. He's just fun to watch. You know, real quick, that seems like a bad loss for Tennessee. They were thinking they were going to end the streak in the swamp. I had a lot of Tennessee folks in Knoxville telling me, you know, that this is their year and they're going to challenge Georgia. And you get waylaid in the mouth like that on national TV to a what was thought to be an inferior Florida opponent. That seems like that's going to be a tough one for Hypo and that staff. I'm interested to see how Tennessee responds moving forward. Well, it's also tough because their schedule. I mean, their schedule coming up is... If Tennessee doesn't figure it out, they could look up and they could be sub five hundred in a month. Yeah, and and you know you talk about the arrow, Florida's arrow at least right now appears to be going up. Tennessee very quickly from number one in the country last year, yeah. it could start going down. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know that any of that's fair because you know I, the interesting thing about this, I think, is we all sit on here and put these expectations. I you know, I think if you really sit down and you talk to Hypo and you talk to Napier and you talk to these guys, they have a pre- if they're being really honest and not trying to sell booster club stuff like they have a pretty good idea how this thing's going to go. And 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 there's there's probably things that got exposed that Hypo knew were capable of being exposed. And sometimes once they get exposed now that coach can really fix it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it, the players didn't believe it before. So they can't control their schedule, man. Again, they, they're going to go week to week. But I still think that arrow is up for Tennessee. I just think maybe we shot that arrow too steep to start with. Well, they got too good too quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and they lost a lot. But he's showing, like, hey, Tennessee's not the Tennessee of five years ago, 
right? So to me, that means Arrow's kind of pointing up there's going to be some consistency in Knoxville. Today's Gator Bites podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist. They're Northeast Florida's leading orthopedic center, providing an unparalleled level of care across numerous locations in both Jacksonville and St. Augustine. That includes Riverside, Northside, the Southside, the Beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. We certainly thank Southeast Orthopedic Specialist and your friends at George Moore Chevrolet. Okay, we got to work on this because the way you're setting that up is like you're pointing at me like I am George Moore. Well, you're like, and your friends at George, George Moore, Moore Chevrolet. <laughs> Need I say more, right? <laughs> Meet Denny out in the parking lot to sell some cars. Yeah, exactly. Moore. He'll give you a business call. Well, you're going to get Let's a Sol Basildorado here in a little <laughs> bit, too. All right, so. Let's move on to this weekend. Uh, I'm not even going to predict the Florida-Charlotte game, but what type of game do you expect to see? I think we already know this. We already know what the goal is. The goal is to look sharp, no penalties. Not get hurt. No turnovers, no injuries, and backups playing in the third. Like That's the perfect scenario. I don't care if like the end of the game the score is, I don't know, 38 to 14 because they scored – Two on the Gators' third string corner. I don't even know who that is. No offense to whoever you are. But that's the goal, right? The goal is going at halftime up four or five scores. Everybody's healthy. Let them come back out, get one series, and then bam, it's done. Yeah. Right? Not even know if you need the one series. That's the goal. And, and, and I think that's probably Sunday morning Billy Napier made that decision of how this week is going to work and these guys aren't going to be able to practice hard enough and I am going to call them out so they don't read their press clippings. That probably was all predetermined. And so I would imagine that the mood in the locker room in the swamp is going to be very serious on in- intentionally from Napier to let them know, like, you're not good enough to just walk in here like you're some of these past Florida teams. And I think he's probably going to keep his his foot on their neck as long as he can um, and and keep those expectations low inside that locker room, but yet the confidence high. Yeah, Florida, Charlotte, a seven o'clock kick. Of course, you'll hear it. That helps him, by the way. With the night game, I like that's the biggest break of the week. Yeah, you'll hear it right here on ten ten XL and ninety two point five FM. It's a good game, good week for SEC football. Auburn, Texas A and M, an eleven a.m. local time start in College Station. With two teams that have a lot to find out about themselves. One team is going to leave there completely like dismayed and like, oh my gosh, we're terrible. The other team's going to leave with a little bit of hope. That is a really, really much big bigger game for AM, right? I, I don't know, man. I, you know, Auburn had an offensive explosion. We have two guys at Auburn, so I watched quite a bit of Auburn last week. But man, if you, if you're an Auburn fan, you know what I'm talking about. Watching Auburn football the last year and a half, two years has been miserable. Like, the most boring thing you've ever seen. First downs feel like touchdowns. Oh, my gosh. It's been so bad. So, yes, it is Hugh Freeze's first year, but I think Auburn fans need to see something in a really bad way as well. Kentucky goes to Vanderbilt. Of course, Florida will see Kentucky a week from Saturday. Do they have any problem with Vandy? I don't know. I I don't know enough, really, about either team. Because I think Vandy's like trending up, right? I mean, if you look, they they lost a horrific game last week to they're UNLV. They're always going to lose an horrific game. They, I mean, they, they 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 lost that game three times. They should have won it three different times. They kept finding <laughs> ways to lose. <laughs> but I guess my point on Vandy, like when I'm saying trending up, I'm not saying week to week, right? Right. So I don't know what Vandy team shows up, and and I think Leary's a really good quarterback at at Kentucky, really good. Um, so I think he can win them some games, but I don't know outside of that what else they really have. Mississippi, Van- hold on, sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. The Vandy game in Gainesville is usually not a huge 
It has been before, but it's typically not a huge. This is a game in Nashville that always gives yeah, the, yeah, you know, yeah, huge yeah. issues. Where's that Kentucky game? Florida? It's, no, it's, no, no. It's in Lexington. That's in Lexington. The Vanderbilt. The Kentucky. Vanderbilt game is in Gainesville. No, 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 no. no. Vanderbilt, Kentucky. Where Van- they? Play. It's oh, in oh, Nashville. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's in yeah. Nashville. Yeah, yeah. So we'll yeah. see. We'll see. All right. Mississippi State goes to South Carolina. Man, I like Spencer. That the first half of last week, I was ready to draft that man number one. Like Spencer Rattler is, I do not work with Spencer, so this this I have n- no reason to say this other than the truth. That dude spins a football unlike most people in the world. And when Beamer can scheme some things up for him, when that when that staff can scheme some things up, like he's almost unstoppable because he can put a football anywhere. I I don't count them out of any game. Now Georgia kind of got tired of seeing it. And just at halftime, I was like, okay, that was cute. Now we're going to come out and just take this game over. Most teams can't do that, though. Like I, South Carolina's tricky, man. They need to win this one, though. They've yeah. lost to North Carolina. They've lost to Georgia. I mean, they're 1-2. and two. You're staring 1-3 and three at the face. And, You're and Mississippi at home. State just got abused. Uh, yeah, destroyed by LSU. Yeah, no, that's, you're right. That's a big game for both. But if, you, if that's going to be two good quarterbacks to watch, though, they're going to put the ball in the air a ton. Speaking of LSU, they host Arkansas. That's my people. Like that, I was born in Louisiana, raised in Arkansas. Y'all, that game is so big. That game, like it's it's, it's early this year, right? It Isn't is it later it, in the it year. It used normally? to be the Thanksgiving game. Yeah, I remember the Darren McFadden. Game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Matt Jones back in the day, and, right? Um, that is a huge game. I just don't. I mean, LSU is really good. They're really a good football team. So I, Jaden Daniels is, is and Arkansas has got to go to the Bayou. Yeah, I, I don't see much hope there for Arkansas. And then the game of the week, I think certainly Ole Miss at Alabama. Yeah. Uh, Lane Kiffin is obviously number one against Nick Saban, right? Um, Alabama, that was awful last week. They don't know what they're doing at quarterback. I guess it's Jalen Milrow again. Ole Miss, maybe not tested. Tulane is probably their highest victory of the year. What do you think, Ole Miss and Alabama? I mean, I, how do you not just assume that Saban's going to fix it? Does anybody really think that Alabama's done? The problem I hear with Alabama from Alabama media is this is not an Alabama offensive line. This is not the offensive lines that they've had for the last decade plus. That's one of their main issues. Well, I'm, okay, they would know better than I would, but just on surface level, I don't know, man. I'm interested because, I mean, obviously Ole Miss can go in and put some points up where USF couldn't. Yeah. Um, but I also don't think that, that Alabama has completely fallen off either. I think there's still nostalgia there. I think they're – and for good reason. They're not going to lose two home games in the same year, right? <sighs> I don't know. I mean, I think this is a game that you watch and the majority of us watch and there's no preconceived notions about what's going to happen, which makes it fun. It's just like you're just watching for entertainment. I, I'm i only interested to see how Alabama responds. You already know Ole Miss is going to be fired up and ready to go. It's like, are, do we have, do we still have Nick Saban? Do we still have Alabama? Do we still have a little bit of that dynasty left or is Georgia just stripped that? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I think these next couple of weeks will tell you that. Final one, uh, bonus one, Florida State at Clemson. Yeah, man. Florida State hasn't beat Clemson, I believe, since 2014. So they haven't won in Death Valley in forever. If they're going to, I mean, they're better than Clemson. Everything tells you Florida State should win this football. Absolutely. Which scares me. But is this a circle <laughs> the wagon? If I'm a Florida State fan. Right. Yeah. Is this a circle the wagons game for Dabo Sweet? Kind of like what we're talking about with Alabama, right? Like, not to that level. But everybody tells you that Florida State should win this football game, and they're going into a place that has recent national champions, mm-hmm. championships, and a staff that knows what they're doing is battle-tested. 
I, I don't know. I, I still believe Florida State wins this game. But I am going to tell you, the closer you get to the game, I'm pumping the brakes on that a little bit and going, wait a second, it's Clemson. Yeah. It's Clemson. And the more and more and more and more I hear about how Florida State got their stink game out last week, and now they're getting ready to go up there and break all these curses and, and streaks. I don't know, man. It's Clemson. It's Clemson. Now, I'll tell you this. If Florida State goes up there and beats them by 21, they're probably the best team in the country. A noon kickoff for that game. Yeah, that's crazy. It is that, weird, that, right? Yeah, man. That's 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 crazy. Yeah. I, that helps Florida State, I think. I don't know if it helps anybody. Well, I just know Clemson at night can be insane. I just know you got to you, – like you're at the stadium at 945. And that, as a player, is just – and that's what I was saying about Charlotte, Florida. The fact that that's at 7 o'clock helps Napier so stinking much. Mm-hmm. Right, like there's going to be an energy that because that because people have to get up and tailgate at nine forty five too or six o'clock whatever time they tailgate. Like it's just not the same. Yeah. Although in Boulder, Colorado, ten a.m. ten p.m. doesn't matter. They're going to get crushed this week, right? At Oregon, I don't think. I mean, Colorado State's not a good football team. Um, but man, something about Dion. No, I. It's not even Dion for me, man. It's just like, this is cool. That quarterback's good. His son. Just the whole thing is cool, man, to see the way energy can change in a place. And it becomes the epicenter of college football. Y'all, it did nine and a half million viewers at 10 o'clock at night. And nobody cared at all about Colorado before. No. Nobody cared at all. And hats off, Colorado State coach, Mr. Norvell. You played that perfectly, too. Yeah. Like, the whole thing was just, I don't know, man. It's fun. It's like we're watching a soap opera. I I think you're right. I I, I think they probably get brought down to earth, but. They did a before and after shot, a Colorado home game last year, where there was, like, nobody there. And a Colorado home game this year, it, it was insane. I have friends who have been to games this year uh, there, and they're not Colorado. They just wanted to go, right? And they have all said, like, the energy is unlike anything they've ever felt. Yeah. It, it's just fun. It's a blast. I mean, Lil Wayne walked them out. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Crazy, dude. Hey, kudos to the Colorado. <laughs> so kudos to the Colorado AD. He did something that, that people questioned. And he's come I, out on top, no question I don't about care that. Wh- I don't care if they're paying Dion $10 million a week. It ain't enough. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, we'll be back next week. Recap Charlotte briefly, and then a big one in Lexington as Florida goes to the Commonwealth to take on Kentucky next Saturday. He is Denny Thompson, Graham Marsh. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. Thank you to Southeast Orthopedic Specialist and George Moore Chevrolet. you got to stop doing that. <laughs> you I, so next time you tell so, me how to tee up, just say thank you to Southeast and George Moore. Well, like, I wanted you to give love to George Moore. I love you, George Moore. There Here, you go. Okay, are we good for the year? We are very All good. Right, there we go. We'll talk to you next week on Gator Bites, 1010XL.com, and the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page.